Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Commander's Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else I feel like as I try to bring mental health into gaming. Now, today I just want to kind of talk about pre-release and how I did and stuff like that. And I'm going to lead off by saying uh, the one pre-release that I typically play in nowadays is the first one, which is a two-headed giant at my shop, and I usually partner with my cousin. Now getting into the actual uh, nitty-gritty of the game, uh, our pools were not spectacular. I wouldn't actively call them bad, but they were fairly mediocre. Uh, his promo was Ludwig, and mine was the Boros Rareland. And we built as synergistic as we could between the two pools. He ended up playing a blue-black value deck, and I was playing... Uh, red, white, uh, with a focus on vampires, but, like, not entirely vampires. We ended up going, uh, two and two, which wasn't bad, but we definitely pulled our wins out by the skin of our teeth, and when we lost, we lost in spectacular fashion. But the whole point of that pre-release was, you know, get out of the house and just go have fun for a few hours. So, it doesn't really matter how we typically do, as long as, you know, we're just having a good time. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, there's not, not a ton that I pulled that, like, I was looking for from the set. And there wasn't... A ton that he pulled that either of us were looking for from the sit. So it just kind of... It's just a way to blow off steam for like six hours. Which, given the state of the world, was still kind of greatly appreciated. That and we love our LGS. Even though for me it's, you know, an hour and some minute drive. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically all I have to say about uh, pre-release. It was fun. We only do one now because, especially uh, with the pandemic still going, we just try and be as safe as possible. So that means not going to every pre-release and stuff like that. Yeah good times. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always 
put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back. Now, I thought in honor of the vampire set being released, we could talk about a vampire deck. So let's talk about Edgar Markov. Now, first off, Edgar Markov is an entirely overpriced card, but he is a 4-4 vampire knight. He costs 3, a red, a white, and a black. He has Eminence, which is probably the biggest problem people have with him, but whenever you cast another Vampire spell, if Edgar Markov is in the command zone or on the battlefield, you create a 1-1 black Vampire creature token. He has First Strike in Haste, and whenever Edgar Markov attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on each Vampire you control. Now, when I built the deck, and it has been uh, built, torn apart, rebuilt, and then had things shuffled around in it a few times. But the goal was play as many low-cost vampires as possible. The deck that I've settled on now still does that. But there's maybe a few less one-drops. But in that theme of low-drop vampires and low drop things in general we ended up with 18 one drops 12 two drops 13 or sorry 17 three drops and then from there it goes uh seven four drops six five drops two six drops and one seven drop and the thing with like the one mana cost vampires is they're not that great alone, but when you're getting two vampires for one mana, it makes it a little better. So something new that I just put in was Voldaren Epicure. It's a single red mana for a 1-1 vampire. When it enters a battlefield, that deals one damage to each opponent, and you create a blood token. And blood tokens are the new tokens, and you can pay one, tap it, and discard a card to sack the artifact and draw a card. Arguably not that great, but when you're paying one mana to do three damage, make a blood token, and then put two one ones into play, this is pretty good. Uh, things like Vicious Conquistador, it's a single black mana for a 1-2 vampire soldier. When Vicious Conquistador attacks, each opponent loses one life. Again, not terribly impactful in... A game where you have three opponents with 40 life, but that one mana makes this thing that will start pinging people and an additional 1-1. One, one. Or Vampire of the Dire Moon. Single black mana, 1-1 one, one vampire with death touch and lifelink. Arguably not bad. Maybe one of the better one drops, but just... You get it and a 1-1. One, one. It just... The number of times I've played this deck where by turn 4 I have 8 vampires in play is 
more than five. Uh, things like uh, Sky March Aspirant. It's a single white for a 2-1 vampire soldier, but it has Ascend and has Flying as long as you control the city's blessing. Uh, arguably one of the best one-drops is Knight of the Even Legion. Single black, 1-2 vampire knight. You can pay two and a black to give it plus three, plus three, and death touch till end of turn, and then at the beginning of your end step, if a player lost four more life this turn, you put a plus one, plus one counter on the knight. It's just cheap, efficient vampires. A Danto Vanguard is one and a white for a 1-1 one, one vampire soldier. As long as it's attacking, it gets plus two, plus zero, and you can pay four life to give it an indestructible till end of turn. Uh... Blood Artist and Cruel Celebrant uh, are pingers. Uh, blood Artist being one in a black for a 0-1, but when Blood Artist or another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life. Cruel Celebrant is a white and a black for a 1-2 vampire that says whenever Cruel Celebrant or another vampire or planeswalker you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Gifted Aetherborn is... Black, black for a 2-3 Aetherborn Vampire with Death Touch and Lifelink. It's it's almost a Nighthawk, but not quite. It just... There's enough synergies in the 1, 2, and 3 mana that make Edgar just insane. And then we have to talk about Lords. So things like Legion Lieutenant is a white and a black for a 2-2 vampire knight. Other vampires you control get plus one, plus one. Or vampire socialite, which is a black and a red for a 2-2 vampire noble with menace, or menace as we call it around here. And when vampire socialite enters the battlefield, if an opponent lost life this turn, you put a plus one, plus one counter on each vampire you control. And as long as an opponent lost life this turn, each other vampire you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. This essentially gives your uh, vampires blood rush one. It's just... Yeah. Uh, Stromkirk Captain is one, a black and a red for a 2-2 two -two vampire soldier with first strike. Other vampires you control get plus one, plus one and have first strike. Even things like Rakish Air... A two and a red for a 2-2 vampire, but whenever a vampire you control deals combat damage to a player, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. It's just... Yeah. That's... That's just it. And then when you get into the stuff that's more than three mana, you get things that you definitely want to hold on to. Things like Bloodline Keeper, which is two black-black for a 3-3 three, three vampire with flying, but you can tap it to put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And you can pay a black to transform the Bloodline Keeper, activate this ability only if you control five or more vampires, and he flips into Lord of Lineage. He is a 5-5 five, five vampire with flying, and other vampire creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and you can still tap it to put a 2-2 black vampire creature token onto the battlefield. Uh, Kalidus, Traitor of Get, 2 black black for a 3-4 vampire warrior. Lifelink, if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile that card and put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Then uh, you can pay 
two and a black and sacrifice another vampire or zombie to put two plus one plus one counters on Kalita's Traitor of Get. Just, there's enough synergies in the deck that really bring it together. Uh, Sanctum Seeker, two black black for a three four vampire knight, but whenever a vampire you control attacks, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. That tracks per vampire. It's just... If you can't tell, I really enjoy this deck. Now, let's talk about some of our uh, more expensive stuff, like uh, Blood Tribute. Four black black, sorcery. It has a kicker to tap an untapped vampire you control. Target opponent loses half his or her life rounded up. If Blood Tribute was kicked, you gain life equal to the life lost this way. It Again, we're pretty much always going to have just a random vampire that isn't attacking to tap. And it's just... Yeah, it just helps preserve your life total, too. Uh, Patron of the Vein. Four black black. For a 4-4 four, four vampire shaman with flying. When paper, Patron of the Vein enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent controls. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, exile it and put a plus one plus one counter on each vampire you control. And then at 7, we added Ruinous Ultimatum. It is red, red, white, 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 black, black. It's a sorcery that says destroy all non-land permanents your opponents control. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's kind of the deck in a nutshell. And I guess that'll kind of bring this to a close. I really do need to like link my architect into my link tree. And I think I'm going to work on that next so that you can actually look at the decks that I talk about. But that said, been many many days that uh, Andy has been working overtime and not getting a lot of sleep so he's gonna try and take a nap after this with that said I will see you next time thanks for listening the logo for the podcast was created by Nate and Erica Jacobs and the music used was provided for use by Cody Mulpey and Ian Foss of The Crypt. You can find their music online by searching for The Crypt. And I must recommend them if you enjoy heavy music. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.